From the studios of Onstage Blog, this is the Box Office Preview Podcast. I am your host, Greg Earhart. Joining me today, my co-host. He wishes Emperor Palpatine had the power of invisibility and the power of muteness so that we didn't have to sit through that his dreck in Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> it's Chief Film Critic, Ken Jones. Ken, welcome. How are you? Chief Film Critic of On Screen, I should say. welcome how are you i'm I'm good how are you doing (laughs) doing all right doing all right we're back uh we're back this week um we're about we're getting ready for a little bit more of a full-time schedule uh we're back this week to discuss the invisible man and uh talk about last couple weeks of box office that happened um actually a pretty notable uh box office year so far we've had some kind of crazy results both for the good and for the bad we've talked about uh, Bad Boys for Life, just um, I, I consider a shock. You know, the Cineplex, what it did. Oh, uh, I agree. Yeah. It's going to break two hundred million in the in the box office, and I still don't understand how. But we've already talked enough about that. We had Harley Quinn, uh, which which greatly disappointed uh, in the box mm-hmm. office, uh, and then we had you know, right after Harley Quinn, we had Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, which you know was tracking you know in the thirties, maybe forty million. And it's three-day weekend, um, we get the exact number, uh, ended up being, I believe, 50, 58, 58 million. million. Yeah, which was, again, the high end of tracking was around 40, you know, and that was, if we made a prediction on that, again, I, I would have said, like, high 20s would have been, would have been my guess, and uh, it basically, would have basically doubled what my prediction would have been. Uh, I, I gotta say, I think there's only one word to say in reaction to that. Oh boy, I, I feel a pun coming on or some sort Sega! of Sega! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to get your uh, so just tell me your reaction to this movie, like way over performing projections. Uh, we, okay. How, when, why, who? You know, just just start wherever you want. I, I think much like the. Um... The political landscape post 2016. Um, <laughs> okay. We, we you, you can't rely on the uh, the old metrics to, to make your predictions any longer. Right, up, right. Up is down, left is right. The, the polarity is reversed. It's much like um, you know the day after tomorrow, where the uh, the polar the polar caps shifted or whatever, and, and caused all this upheaval for Jake Gyllenhaal and his dad Dennis Quaid. Uh, and, and their mm-hmm. friends and family with the. <laughs> but so it's just, it's, it's, it, I, I can't, I, I, $62 million opening weekend for Bad Boys for Life and, and $58 million for Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, what, what is, what is this 2020? Right. These are the two movies that are over $100 million so far right. this year. Well, and it's like, Sonic was even more bizarre because. The trailer was so widely mocked for how bad yes. Sonic looked. And I I didn't think he looked, but whatever, he looked like Sonic. But the teeth and whatever, I mean, people were like, were freaked out by about, about it. So it wasn't exactly like the trailer came out. It's like, oh, my God, we have to see this, you know, kind of buzz and reaction. And, you know, they, they released a second trailer, which fixed up his appearance a bit. And the trailer gave out an impression that, I mean, this is, this is going for camp material, basically, you know, especially with Jim Carrey and, and, and what he was doing as a villain. And there was no, it was all impressions. And even the reviews basically gave this out as it's, you know, 
it's for kids and it's going it's like one of those old school like 90s movies where it's not trying for anything it's really just you know it, it it's not shooting for a high bar at all in the execution it's looking to execute the game concept and look to make a filmable movie about sonic the hedgehog so reviews are okay 60 i think it's right now 60 low 60s percent on rotten tomato and but still like I wonder what the uh, real quick what the the uh, top critics are for that movie because some of the critics I've read like that I follow have like said it's one of the worst movies they've ever seen <laughs> and yet it's sixty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes right right and and that that Rotten Tomato overall doesn't particularly surprise me because I think it could be a lot of critics will give movies like that leeway if it just executes what it's trying to do well. It's not trying to be an Oscar winner. It's not trying to be Marvel movie. Like it's just trying to be, you know, dopey fun. Um, so, but it's just <clears throat> doubling the tracking is suggesting that there's, there was a hidden audience, either a hidden audience or a hidden appetite for this kind of movie. And I'm struggling for what that kind of movie is. Is it like Sega? Is it, so they were just really wanted a Sonic the Hedgehog movie. <laughs> it's certainly not video game movies because audiences just don't turn have not turned out for video yeah. game movies. Generally speaking, maybe maybe it's the Jim Carrey comeback. Who knows? <laughs> maybe yeah, the right. Car- Is it the Carasons. <laughs> Did you know he's like fifty-seven years old? Oh yeah, no, he's up there. Oh my gosh, he, he, he that's a big late. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that just depressed me. Um, but the. So I, I'm still, I just, I, I don't know where this came out. We can't even say it's front-loaded because it's been out a week and the legs are pretty good. Like, it's, yeah, people it's are churning, like are coming out to see this. Yeah. It's uh, second weekend. Right. So um, I, I'm stupefied. I, <laughs> I think the only thing this could portend is, we kind of discussed this, we were talking about Free Guy earlier, which is, the movie, you know, maybe people just love. Maybe this truly is the the renaissance of video game movies, where you know, Super Mario came out twenty years too early, <laughs> you know, and other video game movies like that before, and uh, people are ready for it now because we have I a whole generation. Right, we have a whole generation. Oh, it's coming! I think we have oh, a whole thanks. generation that grew up on video games, and you know, they're ready for it. I heard Nintendo is. Um, they're preparing an animated Mario Brothers movie. Um, I mean, I yeah. If it's animated, it makes sense. It doesn't right. like <laughs> a live action Mario Brothers movie just made zero sense to begin with. I mean, but, I mean, the thing is, like, we said the same thing about. Uh, we probably said the same. A lot of people said the same thing about Pokemon last year. You know, like an animated Pokemon movie makes sense. A, <sighs> a Detective Pikachu movie that's mm, live action. Yeah. I just I yeah I don't remember having that. I think from. yeah no Pikachu I think makes a little more. I mean, hmm. oh yeah, let's get I, into the weeds on all this. <laughs> Break it down for us, Greg. Right, right. Tell well, us why I Pikachu, know like nothing about Pokemon and whatever. Me so. either. You're right. I, I'm just give us I your mean, give us your expert insight on this. I know. Yeah, yeah. Let's. You're right. Yeah, good call. Let's pass on that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I call? just I don't understand it. I mean, the only thing, the only, the only two things you can, the only thing you can say about Bad Boys for Life and Sonic the Hedgehog is there's definite nostalgia factor in there for, you know, mid to late nineties, um, like right. people that have grown up. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean that's right. That's another takeaway. It's, Maybe that's the yeah. Anything that harkens back to the nineties, hmm. 
for for this crowd is going to win. Um, so Dude. get ready, more Sega movies, and uh, definitely, See, we'll I definitely. Didn't, I didn't Sonic play with. Sega. I was a, I was a Super Nintendo uh, kid in the nineties. What? Uh, yeah. What was? Oh, okay. So you don't know. Yeah, any yeah, other. I know. Sonic is about the extent of my right. <laughs> same here. Knowledge, yeah. Yeah, but you know, because uh, but Sonic. I mean, I, I did play Sonic, and you know, good game and whatever. Um, but one other movie I wanted to touch on before we get to Invisible Man was this past weekend uh, we had uh, the Call of the Wild came out, which again tracking <laughs> we would have bombed this prediction as well had we made it because tracking was trending down uh, for this movie, and you know when you look at it from a, a blue sky, you know from fifty thousand foot view. You know, it's a dog movie, and dog movies do have, especially lately, some box. They have power. legs, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, sorry, sorry, Lord, for using your name, thing, but uh, the, but you know, dog movies generally come and go. I mean, there's, you know, they they don't have much impact, especially in the second weekend of Sonic. You know, you think Sonic's going the weekend, and you have yeah, Harrison well, Ford I mean, involved, the, right? Hedgehog versus dog, uh, typical, you know, expected <laughs> right. outcome there. Right. So, but Call of the Wild overperformed. It came in just under twenty-five million. Again, surprising the box office. I think I would have said, you know, about twelve million, thirteen million. So, mm. thank goodness our predictions were not uh, on the record. Um, good for dogs. Uh, again, dog movies are another kind of genre that's lately had a bit of. Um, I mean, again, I don't, I, I don't think any dog movie lately has broken 30 million, you know, so we're not talking like Marvel level blockbusters, but, you know, solid results and we're going to see more of them. Uh, good for Harrison Ford. Glad he was able to uh, grunt his way through another yes. uh, <laughs> success. And plus uh, the bon- the added bonus of uh, listening to him during interviews talking about, uh, you know, scratching uh, the guy, the CGI stand in guy. <laughs> Uh, on his belly that's acting like a dog the entire time on set. Was that um, the guy who did um, why am I Andy Circus? Yeah, it was Andy Circus. So. <laughs> but it would be great if it was. Even better if, if uh, Harrison Ford didn't even like know his name. Uh, Harrison yeah. Ford, our, our best Hollywood conversion. See, it's funny. I love dogs and. Um... I it's Karen and I saw the trailer for Call of the Wild during before Knives Out when we saw it, you know, that fairly recently. And we were both thinking like we just think of our dog, you know, Hershey, too much. Like I would be so distracted from it because I just think about what our dog would do in that situation. That like, we wouldn't really watch the movie that much, or I just feel bad, or you know, I feel God forbid anything happens to the dog, then I'd just be an uncontrollable mess. So, you know, I just stay away from those movies uh because of that. Mm-hmm. Um so but good for it, and uh, obviously there's do- enough dog lovers that don't agree. So, so the only other, mm-hmm. the only thing I just want to touch on again: Harley, uh, Birds of Prey um, and the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn, which was now shortened to uh, Birds of Prey. Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey, I believe. Was it Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey? Yeah. yeah. So, so <laughs> which we talked about in the podcast is something that yeah probably should have been done. Um. You know, it's uh, it's only at seventy two million uh, after three weekends, and it's a disappointing result. And again, as Chris Chris Peterson loves to dance on the grave of whatever <laughs> DC tries to do uh, for, with comic book movies, uh, you know, we'll see. I think it's gonna really all depend on Suicide Squad. They they def- they you know certainly want to do more Harley Quinn movies, and mm. let's see what uh, what James Gunn does there. Do you okay. think we'll get an Eco the Dolphin uh, video game uh, movie? <laughs> 
I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking what well, well, we've been talking. I've been looking at the uh, Wikipedia of, mm-hmm. of Sega Genesis games. <laughs> maybe, maybe some Evander Holyfield real deal boxing. I, I want a proper Street Fighter game. I mean, that's like they've done it a couple tries at it, and uh, I mean, you know, the Van Damme Street Fighter was just you know one of the all time right. you know so bad it's bad movies. Um, the the one with Chun Li, the Legend Chun Li, was actually a better attempt at it, but you know, only featured a couple of the Street Fighters. But mm. um, anyway, we're getting off a tangent. Let's uh, yes. let's get I back. Wanted, I wanted to sprinkle. That's Sega right. Genesis games throughout the the rest of the pod. Yeah, let's talk. Maybe, about, maybe not. Yeah, so let's talk about Invisible Man. So uh, Invisible Man coming out this week. Uh, it stars Elizabeth Moss and is directed by Lee Wannell, Uh of of most notable. Uh, is that how you pronounce his name? Eh, I don't know. No, I, I, I legitimately <laughs> don't know. So I, I think so. Only, okay, I uh, wasn't sure if it was Wannell or Wannell or yeah. however you however you said it. So he paired Let's with just call um, him Lee. with James Wan uh, on the first yeah, song. That's not movie. <laughs> and uh, and he's you know uh, uh, he's a, I would consider him a horror. I mean, I think I'm not. I don't think this is his first movie directing. He's more of a writer than a director. He's, yeah, he's done more writing credits than he's got directing. He's he did uh, Insidious Chapter Three in 2015. Oh, that's right. Yep. He did Upgrade in 2018. Uh, which I actually saw recently, and that was that was pretty fun, um, uh, sci-fi slash horror kind of action movie. Yeah, and and then he's got Invisible Man coming out now. Yeah, and he's also tapped to do uh, the Escape from New York remake. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So um, obviously he's attached to the Saw franchise, one of my one of my favorite franchises. He also did. I remember he. Do you remember the movie? It, it came and went about a week. It was called Eleven, 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 and it was basically a movie. They had a release date in November, November eleventh, two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Yeah. Right. And they tell the story. He tells the story where the studio basically asked him. They gave him like I don't know two months notice to like we gotta come up with the oh movie. My gosh, Give really? us a horror. Yeah, yeah, and he did. I remember that. Did it, did it ever come out? It came out. Yeah, it, it lasted about a week in the theater because they wow. got like terrible. I mean, it was you know, we pull your production together in like two three months. That's you know, you're gonna right. get what you get. Uh, but I remember him doing that and talking about how like he had to create a horror concept within like a day, <laughs> you know, with a script and everything. Um, that's but, literally like whatever you let's like what's in my field of vision right now yeah right. or what am i holding in my hand <laughs> right <laughs> let me write yeah. about that that's right so <laughs> uh but he's yeah, i could but you know as you, you've read some of his credits and you know the first saw movie is i think some particularly ingenious story crafting there mm-hmm. so interesting so this movie really this trailer really came out um uh i want to say not with a bang but it really stood out because you see the movie, The Invisible Man. Okay, oh great, another Universal monster movie, and and there's been other movies about Invisible Men. With I remember there's one with uh, Kevin Bacon, I believe. It, yeah, that yeah. one. I remember that one. Yeah, I can't remember where he was the villain or the hero. Like he was trying to escape the Invisible. Uh, he, he, he became was the invisible villain, man. right? Okay. He, he, like the it. I think it ties back to the original novel, uh, in the in the sense that um, him being invisible, like eventually drives him insane right 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 
So, it, so this this concept's been done before, whether officially yeah. tied to the Universal Monster or not. So why are we, so why are we previewing this? Well, we're previewing this because it's very clear that this movie has a very different take on the Invisible Man. It's it's as a modern day application. I think it's a very clever adaptation where Elizabeth Moss is um, you know is playing a wife who whose husband commits suicide in a very a wife or a girlfriend. Good question. I thought, I thought she was like a girlfriend. Let's see. Okay. I had the plot summary right here. Okay. This does not specify. Okay. So we'll say uh, significant, significant other. Um, and For what it's worth, there was a lawnmower man Sega Genesis game. <laughs> the. Um, <laughs> Oh boy! <laughs> Get ready. Um, so anyway, this uh, her dead significant other is this you know brilliant wealthy scientist. He dies. He leaves her considerable portion of his wealth and inheritance. She's suspicious, uh, and it turns out, I, you know, he, he he her dead significant other is alive and invisible, and he goes back and not only haunts her but like commits you know domestic battery against her and. Um, it really terrorizes her, but the key is no one believes her, you know, so it's like she's going, she, but how, how do you explain to the police that someone's invisible and haunting her? They're going to think her crazy and stuff. So it's a great application of this invisible man, you know, this horror concept. Um, it has me too, you know, analogies, obviously yeah, like, it feels like a little bit like, um, like invisible man, like horror concept added to like, with like a mix of sleeping with the enemy. Right, From right, right. Just like Julie Roberts, early '90s. Right, it's a great mashup. I think it's yeah. it's a perfect mashup, um, and it's really exciting because obviously, you know, we get lots of spinoffs and sequels and tired concepts. We've talked about them a lot here, um, and this is, is this is really fresh, and it's a, it's a really fresh take on it. Uh, Ken, describe it, and how did you describe your excitement, or or if you're not excited about this movie and what you're looking forward to? I will say I am excited for it. Uh, yeah. Just I, I have only seen I think one trailer for it, and that I only saw that for the first time maybe within the last month or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly the movie wasn't even on my radar until that, and I saw the, until I saw the trailer, and so I've been very interested in uh, hoping with um, just hoping that it's a good movie. Uh, and it gets good reviews and and everything since I saw it was coming out soon. Yeah, and I think we like Elizabeth Moss. I think we both like oh, Elizabeth I'm a big Moss. Yay. <laughs> yeah. And Peggy from Mad Men. Yep, Pe- yeah. Peggy from Mad Men. Uh, most notably, a TV actress. Um, she's done a couple movies. I think she was in Get Out. Uh, yep. She had a kind of uh, cool turn in there. And... Uh, no, she was in. She was in Us. Oh, I said get it. I meant us. Oh, yeah, I know. I know you <laughs> that's yeah. That's us is what I just saw. So yes. So she had a cool turn in us, and uh, you know, it's. I don't expect her to ever be a, a big, big movie actress, but I think she could really work well in these parts and be a kind of an actress that's you know shows yeah. up once a year and sort of a mid-level movie range. And I think here she can yeah, she's herself. she's one of those actresses that uh, is. I mean, she obviously she's. Um, like I said, Mad Men. She's known for The Handmaid's Tale now too. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of TV stuff. Uh, Top of the Lake. She was 
in that show, which was really well received. Um, but she's also, you know, done some really good like indie work in, in movies and stuff over the last like five to six years too. And like you said, with us like getting some of the supporting roles in some of the bigger mainstream movies. So yeah, so I think she's a draw, but again, I think the I think the the, the true draw is the concept. And, yeah, um, and it's a it's a thriller. It's part probably a thriller and a horror at the same time, and I think it's and it's something that can make you think too, mm-hmm. and about how uh, haunting you know real life domestic abuse and, and spousal abuse can be, especially if as what's happened in real life, we saw with Harvey Weinstein you bring forward your case and no one believes you or everyone says, Oh, that didn't happen or excuse mm. it away or had to have been some, something else. Um, one. So before we get to see, don't see, uh, I wanted to run by you um, some other possibilities of how the universal monster franchises could translate to 2020. Uh, I want to run these by you and then you give me your feedback. That's um, okay. good. Okay. So let's start with Frankenstein. So Frankenstein here, I'm thinking uh, a modern day reboot would would do this from like an AI perspective. So instead of like a person, it tries to build like the perfect robot, um, and maybe in the mold of a person, or maybe it's like a scientist creating a person, you know, obviously using robotic technology, and then obviously the robot goes haywire. So it's a little bit of iRobot, mm, you know, sort of meshed in. Maybe maybe the way to go would be. Um... Like a, a human AI hybrid, mm-hmm. yeah. or or a human with that's like enhanced, with with um, you know, like a, like Terminator, uh, Dark Fate, like uh, Mackenzie um, character, or is that maybe not to like that degree? <laughs> okay, you know, like uh, more probably more along the lines of like Vin Diesel in that movie that's coming out soon. <laughs> no, not really. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, again, one of the big themes of the Frankenstein novel is, you know, um, you know, childhood is father of the man and Frankenstein never had a childhood. And so therefore he doesn't really have a soul, you know, and how does he learn to cooperate? And I think there's some applications, even with technology or robots in terms of if we're engrossed in the technology, like this robot could be, you know, how, how could it possibly learn humanity if it never grew up like a person? And, you know, we wanted to be like us, but not exactly like us. So I think there's, I think there's some possibilities there. Right. Now, let me ask you. Yeah. Do, do you cast Aaron Eckhart? Well, he's so As, famous. Who, who, <laughs> yes. Who, who nailed it in I Frankenstein. Right. Right. Of course. Right. Or do you honestly, like maybe the way to go is to, Adapt the 1994 Sega Genesis game Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. All right, we're gonna move right along. So let's get to Dracula. Um, so Dracula here, I, I think, I think this is actually fairly straightforward. So instead of like a vampire who like tries to suck blood out of people, I think you make this like a drug dealer movie where you really detail like again, it's like a horror movie where this this guy is just out. I mean, this is what actual drug dealers and pimps do. He needs a you fix. Know, well, not he needs a fit. Well, I'm looking at less from that point of view, and more from the point of view of Dracula, turn you know, getting his uh, what do you call his wives or whatever, like his uh-huh. uh, you know, the brides of Dracula. You know, he'd bite him in the neck and then he'd turn him into you know the soulless devils like he is. So I picture it more on the drug angles. You know, where pimps in real life 
they do sex trafficking. You know, they kidnap women, then get them hooked on heroin, and then they immediately become their prostitutes or their you know their slaves or whatever. So I think I think that's that would be the angle there. What do you think? I was I was thinking about the, the drug angle thing, kind of. Um, what if he and his his um, brides or whatever I guess uh, mm-hmm. you call them? What if they were like the dealers dealing dr- the the blood? Right. to other vampires to for them to get their fix mm-hmm. of of like humans right sure right that would be maybe a way to go yeah i think blood yeah the blood would be unless you're going with like like they develop some type of uh enhancement that can only be done through blood transfusions but then someone try i don't know that doesn't seem as socially relevant or Mm-hmm. social justice angles and well, i mean the other thing too is like vampires have been done so frequently right and right. and in like every era too it's like you know we, we had yep. dracula 2000 um uh there was a vampire <laughs> movie gerard butler yes yeah. yes <laughs> there was there was uh there was a great uh, um vampire movie with uh ethan hawk um ah daybreakers yeah daybreakers yes, daybreakers, yes. yes. Yeah. So I and, and you know, there's futuristic oh, there's been tons of them. Yeah. Tons and tons of them. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, yeah, maybe be... it's just because vampires are so, you know, out there and maybe overexposed. Yeah. All right, let's move along. Uh Creature of the Black Lagoon, I think global warming, clearly. Right. You know, right. I think that's yeah, pretty yeah. easy piece. Like I, of... I was saying before the uh before the podcast, they did that already with uh the shape of water. Right. To some degree. <laughs> right. Uh, Phantom of the Opera, which is sort of a lost um, kind of uh, monster, like universal um, character. Uh, this is like a bullying angle, I think. You know, I think that's, again, I mm-hmm. think that's fairly straightforward. Uh, kind of the dangers of school bullying, you know, leads to uh, you know, Phantom of the Opera that would terrorize, you know, uh, other people. Uh, let's move along. Uh, I had trouble with this one, Wolfman. I, I, I had trouble. I don't know if this was like, um an angle to like how to deal with anger like is there like yeah we society don't know how to deal with anger so we just you know lash out on twitter is it like a social media thing where like oh oh, yeah i got it where like like people act normal like during the day boy in the night when the when when it's nightfall and they get on their computers and get on twitter right right then they turn into like really angry like wolfman type people i don't know uh i struggle with that I think maybe the way to go would be like, um, kind of like the not political divide, but like the the cultural divide that we have with like, you know, like aggressive, like macho, uh, like uber macho um, male behavior or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, toxic masculinity. masculinity. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yes. we'll get there. Yeah. Wolfman just... would 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 be toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And then last uh, the last one I had was the mummy. Uh, to me, it's uh, the danger of ignoring our senior citizens, our elder <laughs> people. You know. So it'd be Medicare for all. <laughs> well, you have visit. You have visit your, your the elderly in the nursing homes. If you don't, they'll come and terrorize you for being right. ignored and you know for too long. So that's a movie. I, that'd be probably the next one I'd want to see out of uh, this entire list. That'd be highest on my see don't see list. You know what? In about fifteen years, you could you could probably even cast Tom Cruise again <laughs> as the Mummy this time. Oh my god! I did have that on my list to discuss. 
I, I really don't want to discuss it. I really don't think it's worthy of discussion, yeah. the Tom Cruise movie. Um, but the... <laughs> I mean, that's the whole reason we're kind of here. Was I was going to say, was is this Invisible Man movie like an offshoot of of that failed um, Universal? No, I don't. Ah, oh, uh, I was going to say no, but maybe it is. Because I thought I remember hearing something about this movie um, being developed around that same time. Yeah, the reason I say that because I think Lee Lee Wannell was connected to that universe. Yeah, um, that's interesting. But so, well, we're sort of stepping on bonus questions. But uh, so if Tom Cruise as the mummy showed up in post credits, uh, <laughs> would you be excited? Would you be like, yeah, I'd, <laughs> I'd be more excited if, if like Johnny Depp and um, all the other people that, that uh, oh, were right. supposed to be part of that universe, Javier Bardem and oh, yeah. all they, the others like showed a- up. They had a good cast for that. It's too bad. They did. It's really too bad that they they yeah yeah uh, much like was, much like Tommy Lasorda baseball, baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 1989. Depp was going to be Invisible Man, right? That was uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, actually, yes, he was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think yeah. Anyway, yeah, we're gonna let's see. get to see it. Let's get to see. Let's get to see. Don't see. <clears throat> yeah, for those of us joining us uh, for the first time, see don't see is our way to quantify our interest in uh, the movie that's coming out uh, this weekend versus us just saying, I want to see it or I don't want to see it. We're going to score interest. We'll, I will deliver anywhere from five to seven categories that deal with the actors and actresses involved, the directors, plot elements, trailer elements. We will score from negative three to positive three, our interest in seeing it. Ken, are you ready? I am. Uh, We're going to start with invisibility. All you know about the movie is, it either the hero or the villain, um, you know, is invisible and has that power. Um, that's all you know about it. You don't know if it's connected to the universal uh, monster. That's just that's that's the main concept. The element of the movie. Yes, correct. Uh, I'm gonna give Keel. that. I'm gonna give that a. Uh, I'll give it a one. That okay. that kind of interests me. Yeah, especially if it's the villain. Right. Yeah. I I'm big. I I really like invisibility movies. Fascinating power. Uh, you all, it's one of those. Um, I think they always pull this every year, but what superpower people would choose, and invisibility is always number one. Um, so you always wonder what you're going to do with it. I'm and with good reason. <laughs> right. Uh, Elizabeth Moss. Uh, I would say I am a two on Elizabeth Moss mm. when it comes to movies. I'm, I'm a, I think she's a, a really good actress. Um, I just, yeah, I, I need to see her in more. Uh, a little more mainstream uh, mm-hmm. fair because uh, I've I've dug a lot of the stuff, most of the stuff that she's done in uh, more on the indie side. Yeah, yeah. I'm on the movie side. I kind of need to know what it's going to be because I think an actress like her, like I could see her doing something like not Little Women ish, but something more indep- indie, more. Uh, thematic, not particularly in my wheelhouse. I don't think she alone could get me to the movie if she's in certain projects like this one, like her being involved in this specific project would get me more excited about it, mm. but I need to know more. I'm a zero. I'm a zero on her. Uh, Lee Whannell. All you know is he... Uh, let's say he wrote and directed the movie. That's all you know about That's all you know uh, That's You know what? I'm going to... I'm going to give that a one, but I want to give it a two just because <laughs> I've been a fan of most of 
the stuff I've seen him produce mm-hmm. over the last decade plus. Well, um, write and direct, not produce. Well, I, I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean <laughs> produce. I mean, what he has, uh, what, yes, like you said, what he's gotcha. written and directed. Gotcha. Yes. All right. Uh, I am I am a two. Uh, again, big fan of his work, as you said, especially uh, anyone involved with Saw, just like James Wan. I'm all in on James Wan. Uh, I'm in on Ali Wan all as well. Okay, all you know about is a movie centered around domestic, like domestic violence, domestic abuse. Um, you know, that's really all you know. It's sort of the, one of the main plot elements of the movie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that a zero, <laughs> just because for all the like quality ones out there, there are the really, really, really bad ones where right. it's like, um, Beyonce is like this like crazy ex girlfriend that oh, yeah. is terrorizing. Catherine Heigl and Idris Elba and uh, yeah, just <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> and I can't remember the name of that movie, but that one just sticks uh, in my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah. yeah. Tough, uh, tough subject. Um, tough subject. It, it only barely works when it's like a horror, not like this necessarily, but sort of more of a schlocky entertainment kind of thing. When it's like a serious piece of entertainment, as uh, a piece of entertainment, it's a serious movie dealing with this right. subject matter, like like stone cold serious it's a tough watch so yeah i'm uh if that's all i know about it i'm probably a minus one like i'm 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 really not writing to the theater to see it um i got two more uh all you know about the movie is in the movie someone has to prove something that like no one else really believes so It could be like a courtroom movie. It could be like um, nobody believes in this. Well, it could be a sports movie, kind of right. <laughs> so it could be also like uh, like a sci- like a sci-fi movie, even like you have special yeah. powers, but no one believes you. Everybody so. thinks I'm crazy, but it really happened. <laughs> right, right, yeah, right, that, right. That like thing. Rosemary's Baby. Yep, like Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. Yep. So um, see or don't see. Mm. I really like those kind of movies. I'm not gonna lie. Hmm. Yeah. I, I like the whole like three, three, one, three, one three. man against uh, you know the world kind of <laughs> yeah yeah I'll, you know I'll go with the three all right, all right yeah why not I'm either a strong one or a soft two I'm not I'm not two, sure two, <laughs> two, two, two. <laughs> it is a good genre um, it is it really it's, is it's it's especially well for an actor that really wants to go for you could yeah, there's like Oscar potential in it mm-hmm. if it's in the right hands yeah I'm a two yeah no, I'm a two as well. All right. Um, then the last one I had was all I know about the movie. It's like a modern inversion of like a classic trope. So it could be like an updating of like you know a previous uh, saga uh, franchise. I mean, it's it's a clear they're or not a going classic retro. novel or something that uh, that's yeah. modernized or whatever. Right. So it feels like if Little Women was done for like the twentieth century, you know, kind right? Of or or like Romeo and Juliet, like yep, yep, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm a mm, a zero or one. I think mm-hmm. probably a zero, just because I've the yeah the, I can go either way with those movies. I'm very skeptical of these movies. I like some of them. This is not to say right. this is not a genre I don't like. I'm very skeptical, and I really want to look at it carefully. What it's because I usually yeah. I usually like it when they really try and nail that period piece. Like yep. in, with using today's cinema and tactics and, and whatever it is, but I'm not against it per se. So yeah, I think I'm with you on the zero. Yeah. Okay. My guard is up. 
Your score is a seven out of six. Uh, I am a five out of six. So mm-hmm. we're pretty close. We're both interested. Two bonus questions. Uh, if all you know, I, get, I, I have not read any of the reviews. I don't know if this happens or not. But let's just say it came out in the trailers that Elizabeth Moss gains invisibility. And, <laughs> um, and there's a key bat. Like, you know how like in a lot of superhero movies where... Um, the, the villain, the superhero, bad each other using similar powers, or, right. or maybe it's like other movies, like they, you know, or she gains the power and it like levels the playing field, right? Her. So yeah, they're I... both. In, so there's like a big set piece at the end where she gains invisibility and it's two invisible uh, by people going <laughs> at each other. <laughs> <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> Are you more or less interested? More, <laughs> more. I want. I. I don't even want like. I, I would almost tables like going to be, down. Exactly. Like right. all kinds of props, just like. And you know, I would be totally okay if it's like bad CGI, <laughs> where like you can see like the cup, like the coffee cup, like on a string. Right. Right. And then like as it's flung. Like, all right. Good. I'm glad. I want. I want it to be like. Roddy Roddy Piper versus uh, that dude from uh, Keith <laughs> David from They Live. That five minute fight over like That's right. wearing a pair of sunglasses. Right, right. right. I want right. that level. Give okay. me that. You and I are aligned. All right. Second bonus question. Uh, we talked about this earlier. I stepped on it earlier. If the movie had a teaser towards more Universal monsters, uh, mm. that's that. You know, they'd be involved, but probably at the end or maybe even the end credits. But, you know, like maybe like when they do the trailer and then they show the movie title, then afterwards, like, you know, Tom Cruise pops his head up over, you know, a counter or, you know, Dracula shows up. Like, are you more or less interested uh, in it? Hmm. I think I'm too burned by the Tom Cruise the Mummy movie to to really be more interested. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to say slightly less interested. Yeah, I, I'm way out, way out. That would totally would totally ruin the movie. Like, I mean, the it whole would. point of this is, you know, um, I still I cannot believe Tom Cruise did that movie. Like that, I can't that's either. That's one of the most jarring. Like that actor did what? <laughs> you yeah, know, like, that actor's in this movie. Like, you know, yeah, totally disconnected from from what he. <laughs> Normally, what you would expect from right, him. what he usually does. Oh, yeah, so well, left field. Like I watched that just because I'm a Tom Cruise fan. I was just yeah. I watched it to that perverse fascination. It was just the whole time Bizarre. watching. I'm like I cannot believe he's in this movie. <laughs> like it was so strange. But yeah, and, and honestly though, like the the whole Universal Monsters thing feels like a big missed opportunity. Yeah, because they just they're they're too scared to make it a true horror franchise. They got to yeah. make these guys heroes or an, you know at worst anti heroes, and you know they should just you know make yeah, them all. They tried, to, they tried to make it like an action, you know, franchise. Right, right, right. and no, 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 no. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, Rotten Tomato reviews. We do have reviews out. They are mostly yeah. excellent. We are excited to say eighty six percent fresh over thirty seven reviews. Uh, we're going to read a couple right here. Um, let's see from Leah Greenblatt from Entertainment Weekly an enjoyably nervy little slice of psychological horror whose best moments aren't its numerous jump scares though they are in fact extremely jumpy but the quieter more existential ones that is like the exact review I'm looking for like mm. I want this to be a good scare but it also needs to be about something other than that you know which it looks like it's definitely going for you want, you want me to give you the Armand White 
Oh, yes. Yes, please. Uh, Armand White, writing for National Review. Negative review. Yeah. You want want to guess what he says? (laughs) No, go ahead. Okay. This Invisible Man is not entertainment. It's merely a domestic violence showcase for masochists. Does he say in the review that The Mummy was a better movie? uh, Oh, probably. (laughs) I, I... I don't have the I don't have the um, internal fortitude to, you, to actually click yeah, on the full review. You won't give it a click. Yeah, no. Um, my favorite woke review of this is um, from Peter Travers of Rolling Stone. Uh, alive with fresh thinking from Wendell and a dynamite Elizabeth Moss, this socially conscious horror show tips the old monster mash into way scarier uh, shit about toxic masculinity that's as timely as Me Too and Harvey Weinstein in handcuffs. There's a few of these reviews that make reference to Harvey Weinstein. and That is, um, that is a fortuitous timing on, on it is, the movie's yeah. part. One other one I got to read positive review. Uh, Philip D. Semyon from Time Out. It's a Me Too horror film that couldn't be any more timely if it shuffled into a courtroom with a Zimmer frame. I enjoyed I enjoyed that <laughs> snippet. And I, I'll be nicer to these reviews because, it, I mean, the point of the movie is sort of a Me Too, you know, um, uh, story, basically. You know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's actually appropriate to reference, yeah. you know, <laughs> this kind of stuff. But... Um, so yeah, good for that. Uh, one other, just we'll read a negative review. Um, where was luck finding one? Yeah, there's only a few. So uh, I got IndieWire here. Uh, D plus. Um, <laughs> Judy, or sorry, Jude Dry, uh, for IndieWire writes though Adrian's methods grow increasingly menacing. Parentheses or is it all in her head? Close parentheses. The Invisible Man lacks for truly terrifying moments. Yeah, and uh, and most reviews are really pretty glowing. Um, uh, Peter Gray uh, from the AU Review. Lee Wannell has streamlined his ingredients and kept it simple at its core, slowly building up the terror from there, resulting in an all-too-slick psychological thriller that demands to be seen. Uh, four out of five. Uh, Rafer Guzman, who's a pretty respected critic, uh, he did not like this movie at all. Uh, slow moving thriller with too many blank spaces. Really surprised to see that, uh, considering he's usually when it's a good movie, he he rarely deviates from that. He's not like a, a, a contrarian. So interesting, uh, yeah. interesting comment there. Okay, let's get to box office predictions. Um, so tracking for this is generally around the twenty million dollar range. Uh, Boxoffice.com is a little more bullish. Uh, they think this could go as high as forty, but they're officially predicting thirty million dollars. Uh, for this so ken we'll start with you what is your prediction how about you go first this time no you cheat no no that's why i don't go first (laughs) you promise i i yes honest i'm still trying to figure out what my number is (laughs) okay uh so yeah i think so i'm going generally high i'm 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 gonna go north of 30 Mm. um i think there i was really waiting just to see what the reviews were the reviews look like they're everything you know you want it to be i think it was a really good trailer i wish i wish it was a little bit someone more um of a crowd drawer than elizabeth moss i don't think she's known by audience yeah Yeah. um but i that doesn't necessarily isn't necessary always necessary with a horror movie though no it's no it's not no you know I'm not. It, it actually doesn't really change my answer, but just like I would, I would even go a little bit bolder if it, 
it was I'm not sure who may you know Sandra Bullock. It wouldn't Sandra Bullock wouldn't do this movie, but I just mean someone along along mm-hmm. those lines. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna yeah, I'm definitely gonna go north of thirty. I'm gonna go thirty. I'm gonna go thirty-two. Thirty-two. Oh, you're gonna hate me. Mm, yeah, here we go. Thirty-two point one. No, I was I was I had two numbers <laughs> in my head. Uh, one was twenty-nine, and the other one was thirty-three. Okay. And I'm I was leaning toward thirty-three because like that, that was like my you, I think Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I want it. Uh, yeah. I. I I, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be up there. Studio predictions and forecasts. I think we've talked about this in the past. Tend to um, underestimate horror movies, right? A little bit, and so I kind of bake that into my thinking. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be like you said, slightly higher north of uh, thirty million. So yeah. I'm going to say thirty-three. Okay. All right. Okay, thirty-three. I have thirty-two. And uh, all right, so that wraps up for this week. We are not signing off quite yet. Uh, we will tell you, um, so stay tuned. We will be back next week uh, for Onward, uh, Pixar, new, the newest uh, release from Pixar. We will be back next week to preview that. Uh, we're also, uh, so if uh, we're going to spend the rest of this episode, we're going to talk a little bit about the big releases coming out in March and April uh, from a fantasy box office perspective. So we're going to give a little bit of analysis and preview of that. We have our the onstage blog, uh, fantasy box office draft uh, this coming Sunday. Oh, that's uh, right. I got to sit for that. Yeah, right. <laughs> so do I. So normally we, we were going to try and do our full. So that draft will cover the spring and the summer, and we we're going to try and cover all of that in our fantasy preview. But frankly, we just weren't ready to do that. So we're just going to talk about um, the March and April releases. Uh, this time we're going to save our summer fancy box office uh, prep for later on, probably in mid to eight, mid to late April. Uh, we'll have that. We'll have that ready. So uh, if you don't want to, we hope you stick around uh, to hear us talk about that. If not, we'll see you next week uh, for Onward. And then next week we're going to talk about Onward as well as we will talk about the draft and we'll sort of give our thoughts. And uh, I think we'll do what we did last time, which is we'll have a separate episode where we, you know, where we're talking. Yeah, about I won't have time to to cut yeah. the audio clips. Oh yeah, yeah. To put it in next week's episode. Yeah, we'll 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 talk between us what happened, and then we'll have yeah. a sort of special episode later on uh, in the spring. So, uh, so let's talk about. So let's talk about. We can start talking about onward briefly again. We'll have our full preview uh, of onward. I would say we've sort of. I count five like major movies in terms of movies that could really anchor your roster. Uh, probably four. Uh, fifth is probably like in your second or third spot uh, on there. Let's start with Onward. Um, Pixar movies, generally speaking, uh, are pretty reliable banked. in the box office. <laughs> right, they're bank, right. They make banks. <laughs> right. And there's been a couple recently, so like they actually have a bit lower ceiling than say like a disney princess movie like frozen or tangled right. something like that generally not not all the time so like uh, the good dinosaur right so good dinosaur was a notable flop by pixar standards i think that only did like 150 million i think right. maybe even less than that yeah um and i think Co- like coco was very well regarded and i think that only you know did 200 something um oh 200s so, you know, you kind of wait and see, especially because Pixar is really gunning. They, they're really, especially lately, going for different types of animated movies. We had Inside Out last time, which is not your traditional 
animated movie. Um, onward, we're gonna wait and see. It looks like a, a brother's, co- uh, like a, a brother's tale, you know, and uh, t- uh, a movie about finding your family and and the brother relationship. Um, what do you make about the risk reward of Onward, uh, Ken? Yeah, I honestly, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure which. Uh, looking back at Pixar's previous movies, like where. Uh, what number most or what previous movie it more closely aligns mm-hmm. with? I want to mm-hmm. say something closer to like maybe Monsters University, mm-hmm. or um, yeah, I guess probably the Monsters Inc. Monsters University. Uh, yeah, movie. right. I think I really. It's a, there are reviews out already of Onward, and the reviews are interesting. So right now, I think Tomato Meter is in the 80s, like mid-80s. Okay. Um, so it's, again, generally positive. It's not like an overwhelming positive. Like the Inside Out reviews were, you know, very glowing. Right. Like this is a yeah, different yeah, type yeah, of, yeah. like, this is not quite a game changer, but this is really, like, this, I mean, this is a notable movie. And I don't get the sense of that from these reviews of Onward. You know, it's certainly, I think, Tom Holland and Chris Pratt are, you know, enjoyable, and it's an enjoyable movie, and I think uh, for some that have a brotherly bond, you know, I think there's some... Yeah, and there's two Pixar movies coming out this, like, summer, right? Yeah. Uh, Oh, no, Soul. So Soul's Soul's coming out this summer. Right, so it's this one and Soul. Yes. Right. Correct. Okay. So normally in the past, Pixar when they've done two releases, they've done one in the summer and one in the fall. So this is a little different. Yeah, uh, this time around too. A little different. I think your analogy to Monsters Inc is interesting. It's actually, I, I'm going to do a little bit more research as we do draft prep. I'm thinking this actually kind of screams to me like uh, more analogous to Good Dinosaur. It's like a similar adventure wow. movie. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not. Do you mean necessarily like you think box office performance wise too? Um, possibly. Yeah. I okay. mean, I, I don't know. I mean, we're gonna. I think this has advantages over Good Dinosaur, but um, in terms so, of, I think Holland and Pratt are bigger names, and right. the people are involved in that. I think the plot. This 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 feels like an older movie. Like Good Dinosaur, I think the problem with that. It just screamed young. Like it screamed yeah. like a movie that was like for six year olds and only six year olds. You know, and that's. Right. And I think it just narrowed its own you know, audience that way. So I don't know, but just the, the story feels kind of similar, you know, and, and okay. uh, venture tale and find, you know, family, that sort of thing. Yeah. So like we, we talked a little bit about good dinosaurs performance at the box office. Mm-hmm. That was actually one twenty three, mm, Wow. Uh, and uh, Coco was two Oh nine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And based on the reviews, like, like you said, they were kind of not mixed, but, um, not like overly enthusiastic like they are with some of the best Pixar movies. So I kind of get the feeling that it might be kind of like a middle of the road kind of uh, fair from, mm-hmm. from Pixar for this one. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, I, it's this, this spring and summer is going to be fascinating because by my reckoning, I think for the first time we've ever done this, there isn't a movie that's projected to cap. You know, Manu, you uh, at- I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna claim ignorance and and I actually have not uh, looked at a lot of the summer. You right. want to throw out the other five uh, or four or five movies you were talking about as like the big the big movies, and I can oh, I can the, tell you what I think about them for the spring. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Sorry, for the spring. 
Yeah, yeah. So, like, Onward, again, I think we both think Onward. So when you say cap, so so the cap we have in our league is $250 yep. million. That's box office times uh, Rotten Tomato score. Right. So the every summer there's usually at least two movies that are project that we would project to cap you know that, that yeah. whether it's marvel movies or right. you know some disney property this could be 300 million 80 percent yeah usually usually like a toy story or any kind of pixar yeah. movie is a pretty pretty safe bet to to hit the the cap yeah i don't and, then, and yeah the bigger not, marvel and stuff i don't see one movie this year that's projected to cap like this this season's like wide open i think this yeah. season to do well this year, you're gonna have to really do your homework do your on homework. Like, the top movies and make sure you pick correctly. So I what think... what, are, what what are you saying are the top like five movies of the spring? Uh, so the spring we have Onward, we have Quiet Place Two, yep. um, No Time to Die, the James yep. Bond movie, Mulan, mm-hmm. um, and those are the big four. I the movie movie I want to talk about this previous Troll, Trolls World World Tour, which okay. I don't think is on. It was as on. No, the I wouldn't put that on the same level, level as. Those. It's not. I just wanted yeah. to mention it's an interesting movie to talk about. Uh-huh. Uh, that was it for the spring. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I don't think I don't see any of those movies capping. Yeah, I don't see any in the summer either. I mean, again, we can just look ahead to the summer a little bit. Yeah. We have Wonder Woman 1984, Black Widow, Tenet. Those are probably honestly like those are probably the two best bets. Yeah, I agree with I that. If you wanted to, and they yeah. could, and it's not to say they won't cap. I'm not. I'm not right. betting wouldn't cap but just in terms of it what wouldn't surprise you if they yeah their expected value like i don't right yeah it's not it's below 250 it's not head and shoulders above everybody else no it's not yeah and um you know minions 2 fast and furious 9 no neither of those are you know again interesting movies movies i could mm. you know, do buck but um so yeah so yeah. so let's go back to the spring that you mm-hmm. the four you mentioned yep so onward again i think i think onward would be a pretty safe first round pick um, you know what you're getting. I think for the most part, I think there is some um, floor risk here. I think it's again. I don't think one. I don't think it's going to do 125 million like Good Dinosaur. But I mean, a result between 150 and 175 wouldn't shock me. Um, I think it's a kind of odd time to release it uh, in early March. I think this would. Yeah, I but think... it feels like Disney and Pixar. Well, no, more Disney than Pixar. They've kind of carved out like early March as their you know, release period for um, for movies. Uh, you, you can look back the last couple of years; they did. No, I, uh, yeah, I understand that, but I think like I think for this specific movie, I think okay. it's odd. Like I think this would have been a good summer movie. Like I actually would have switched Soul and Onward. I think really would have done right, Onward and Summer and Soul maybe in March. I think unless. I'm, We'll talk about Soul. I mean, they're they're releasing Soul like right in the middle of summer. I just don't. I don't know if it's a story that's meant for you know. I mean, well, we how much have we seen about that though? I mean, they they released a trailer, yeah, like a full trailer or a teaser. I don't remember what it was, but I mean, I mean enough to get a kind of a an idea of what the story is. Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, it looks like it's a a movie squarely aimed for adults. (laughs) You know, which I mean, we'll talk about that when we get there. But, um, but uh, anyway, the point being is. I mean, we already know the Rotten Tomato score is above eighty percent. You yeah. know, it might it might crawl up to ninety. It might get a little bit. It's between eighty and ninety percent. So. Yeah, I think it's probably a safe bet to not dip below yeah. eighty, and if it does, it's probably not uh, yeah. below like seventy eight percent or something like that. So let's talk about Quiet Place too. So 
this is a notable sequel. I don't want to get, we'll save discussions about whether they really need to do the sequel for a box office preview episode. I just want to talk about this from strict uh, fancy box office terms. Mm-hmm. Sequels, sequels. I, I think this sequel is particularly tricky because to project some sequels are on par with the original. Some are a little bit higher. I think most sequels are seeing lately are distinctly lower. Um, I'm thinking right. this sequel is going to be distinctly lower because it's looking like a pretty different movie than the first one, you know, it's like, and it's, which is, they couldn't repeat the first plot conceit, obviously, because spoiler right. alert, they kind of figured out how to defeat the monsters. So it had to be a kind of different movie, but I think being a different movie is sort of eliminates, I think the appeal of the first one. So right. I don't know. I just don't know if it's, I think a lot of people had the reaction where a sequel wasn't really necessary uh, mm-hmm. based on how they ended the first movie and what the first movie just really was trying to be. Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts? I, my concern with this movie is that the first one was made uh, without the idea of a sequel in mind. I don't, I don't think. Yeah, oh yeah. And, and the fact that the studio kind of like just greenlit it based on the fact that it did so well, yeah. I think they went ahead and greenlit a sequel kind of, that that you know sets all kinds of alarms off and bells and whistles in my head to to be wary of because yeah yeah, it's just there's there's a bad track record with with stuff like that like and and the sequel is shaping up to be at least partly an action movie or at least some type you know some form of it yeah but the first one is i mean it's not an action movie no it's it's a a suspense thriller it's yeah yeah. absolutely and yeah i don't know if the audience is going to turn out for the sequel knowing you know that it's like i don't because again i think it was popular because it wasn't an action not because it wasn't but due to it being a different type of movie so yeah. i mean if the sequel if they figure out a way to make the sequel another like suspense action so maybe it's like a totally different family that didn't figure out how to kill them yet you know but had to deal with the same kind of problems you know, maybe but um yeah I, I'm, I'm skeptical about box office That's, the, the thing with that. the thing with sequels is, is that you, you typically are expanding the world uh of the first movie and and it's just whether they have a, a good and effective way of doing that right. remains to be seen for this one that's yep. that's that's what it's all going to hinge on mm-hmm okay so yeah i would not i would not consider this i would not i would i'd this was not a first round pick. I would not take this in the first round. Uh, I would not count this to anchor your roster. Um, yeah, late, you know, honestly, late like, second, but for me, yeah. it's almost like a borderline stay away. If I'm being honest, yeah, I mean, you know where how I feel. It's all about the price, right? I yeah, mean, no, yeah, yeah. And like, there's always, there's always, like you said, there's, <laughs> there's always a price where it becomes worthwhile. Yeah, right. Right. But I mean, I'm if it's not, being drafted gonna... in the second round, and like if it's being like bid on in the twenties, yeah. I'm not going to overpay it's... for it. Yeah, I'll, I agree. I'll put it that way. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, no time to die. I'm going to leave this to you. You're the you're one. You're the uh, one of two Bond experts on the on stage <laughs> blog staff. I was going to uh, say expert. <laughs> <laughs> one of the big big fan uh, fans. I'll just say. Um, yeah, you... I mean, well, go ahead. So... The, the Daniel Craig Bond movies have have vacillated between oh. good and bad, good and bad. Love Daniel Craig too, so and... you'd be all over this. <laughs> no, but Casino Royale was good. Um, yeah. Another Day to Die, not so much. Skyfall was good, and then um, yeah, I'm totally I'm complete. Oh, Spectre, 
What was another uh, day? To, what was another day to die? That wasn't. Uh, that's not another you time Quantum to die. Of, Quantum of Solace. Yeah. Sorry. That, right. Yeah. The song was sorry. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was like, "What movie is that?" I know that was that was probably a Sunbond movie, but no, I think I think the another day to die or time to die or something was the uh, Alicia Keys Jack White single for the song. Oh, okay, the theme okay. song for the movie. Right. Uh, but anyways, yeah, uh, Quantum of Solace. Right. Not not good. Um, so hopefully, if if they follow that pattern, this is <laughs> the odd be a good number. One. Right, the odd movies. Yeah, so. odd number. Uh, yeah. Daniel Craig Bond movies. Yeah. Uh, so, but again, like I, I don't think Bond movies have ever hit the cap in our league. Yeah, I think I maybe. Look, I don't think even Skyfall. Skyfall maybe. I yeah, as I say, that might be the only one. Spectre definitely disappointed. I remember oh, that. Yeah, and um, they, I'm pretty sure Skyfall came out in the fall too. It did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so I think this one's a little interesting because they're they're promising to sort of wrap up all the loose ends of the Daniel Craig movies. So like Christopher Waltz, uh, Chris Christoph Waltz is coming back. Um, right. and I think they're going to try and you know put a bow on uh, the Daniel Craig stuff. Yeah, we'll see. I I think I think one thing we've seen is is in a franchise when box office numbers tend to fall, they rarely come back up or even say they usually kind of stay declining at least at some type of rate. So. Um, I'd expect, you know, again, Spectre fell from Skyfall, um, and Skyfall did better than Quantum of Solace, obviously. So, I, I haven't seen enough in this movie in the trailer to suggest, you know, there'd be any type of rebound, um, unless people really, I don't know, want to see Christoph Waltz again. But, so, again, I don't think it's a first round pick, but, um, I, it's. I think it's a second rounder. Again, for me, probably. I think it's, it's going to be probably a stay away. Assuming it's going to be bid on, like you know, late first round, early second round. But uh, mm. we'll see. Uh, to, uh, uh, Skyfall made three hundred million domestically. It did. Okay. Uh, Spectre two hundred, and then Quantum of Solace and Casino Royale were like one sixty something, almost one seventy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I wouldn't like we said probably not. Uh, Given that track record, unlikely to uh, cap. Right. Unless it's cream of the crop, like Skyfall. Right. Uh, move on. Let's talk about that. That's coming out in late March. We guys say No Time to Die is going to come out uh, in mid-April. Uh, Quiet Place 2 is coming out in uh, March as well. I think that's in uh, March 20th. Uh, move on's coming out the last week of March. Um, Disney, and so it's interesting. So Last year, we had a bunch of Disney live-action properties. Uh, I mean, well, I should say some remakes of classic animated movies. Yeah, we had Aladdin and Lion King come out. Both overperformed, I would say, from a box office uh, point of view. Particularly, yeah, maybe not um, Lion King. Yeah, I think like, that was probably, always going to be a huge one. Yeah, no, you're right about that. Like, uh, kind of like Beauty and the Beast. But right, so it performed on par. But you know, yeah, yeah, great, did great box office uh, numbers. Uh, Aladdin underperformed first weekend, but really kind of chugged right along and ended up at a pretty decent number. Uh, to get a sequel. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so I would be wary. So anyone saying anyone using those movies to track uh, Mulan against like, oh, well, these did this. Mulan's going to do this. Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes because Mulan is definitely on a lower class in terms of popularity. Don't tell Chris that. <laughs> don't say that around. Don't say that around our uh, editor in right. chief. 
That's right. Now, not in the Earhart household, but just saying, generally speaking, it's just, you know, I mean, look, when you go to Disney World, there's barely any Mulan stuff, you know, there. You know, I mean, they have. I never, you know, I never this, saw the original. Is that bad? Pre- no, it's pretty good. I mean, it's, it's, oh, no, is that it's bad? bad? I never saw uh, it. No, because I, I didn't see the original until Ash, until I watched it with my daughter. You know, yeah, it's just, I just, just, that was, that was like right when I got out of like, watch, like the last Disney. Like one the last Disney movie I saw when I was growing up was uh, Lion King. Yeah, and after that, like Pocahontas and right. Mulan. Like I just kind of those movies fell by the wayside when I started getting right. into like uh, you know Seven and you know stuff like that. Right, right. So you know this this movie was probably made you know with <laughs> ironically with the Asian markets in, the, in mind. Not that that's the ironic part, but just because. They're gearing up for the Asian markets, but now do the coronavirus. Nobody's going to be able to go to the theaters. <laughs> no, no to be able to laugh. Oh, shouldn't laugh. It's, it's, it's that's 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 it's, yeah. Um, it's, no, it's, that's a fair point. I think it's uh, I think it's going to be more of a tepid reception in America, and by tepid, I mean you know it's again, it's not going to be a lot of numbers or Lion King numbers. It's going to be more dinosaur numbers. Yeah, right. I mean, it's going to be numbers. I expect it's going to be south of 70 million, you know, opening weekend. And, uh, people are, you know, again, you go to all these kids' birthday parties, Disney, Disney parties, Mulan's not one of them. She's just not one of the princesses, (laughs) you know, you see for the most part, uh, the music's good. I mean, and, and, and the weird part is, the music's really well liked, but there's going to be almost none of, if any of the songs in the movie. So there's, they don't even have that to draw it to. Right. So I would be very cautious with this. Um, you know, just, yeah, I, I actually think it's, it looks to be a pretty good movie. I'm impressed with what they're doing. It's going to be PG 13, which oh. I think is exciting from a content point of view, but again, is, is more of a potential, uh, box office, um, it gives me reason to worry about box office just because, you know, parents may see PG 13 and be like, okay, well, you're not going to see that. I'm you're, you're going to wait to see this, you know, when it comes out, you know, video on demand and whatever. Right. So Disney I would right Disney plus. Right. So again, just be very careful on this. I would not count on this to be your anchor. Um, but you know, I, I, I would expect a pretty high uh, rotten tomato score on this, but uh, revenue, I think it'll be solid, but not spectacular. So bid accordingly. So a couple of the movies we want to touch on real quick, and we're running long uh, here on this podcast. Uh, Trolls World Tour World Tour um, did not. Uh, the first movie uh, did okay in the box office. I think it opened up in around the thirty million dollar range. Chugged along, had a nice multiplier, but I think it broke a hundred. Um, Again, I think caught more legs um, after the re- theater release because I don't think a lot of people saw it. But I think the music was was catchy, and I think once the merchandise started rolling, roll started coming out, I think kids sort of glommed onto it. And uh, uh, forty six and a half opening weekend and one hundred and fifty three domestic run. Oh, that was higher than I remembered. Okay, thank you, thank you, Stat Boy. Um, no problem. <laughs> again, homework, homework. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're in real time here. <laughs> you know, I had trolls on my fantasy box office roster that year. I should remember those. I should remember those numbers. Better. Wasn't that like around like fifty uh, percent or something for Rotten yeah, Tomatoes? yeah. And that I, I do remember having that having legs. It did, and that wasn't. Yeah. A, I don't think I've seen it. I've seen the movie with my daughter. That's not a fair Rotten Tomatoes score. It's not. It's not the greatest anime movie, but I mean that should have been twenty points higher. I mean that's definitely wow. uh, okay. I look. I just call it like it is, and okay. I. <laughs> Fair enough. So, uh, but again, 150 million. I 
I ex- I, I, th- I expect this sequel will be actually do similar numbers. Uh, they're clearly banking on some music member berries going on with, you know, adults wanting to go see it because of the various you know classic tunes uh, that are going to be part of the soundtrack. And um, I think I expect it'll be a little bit lower, but again, first movie did 50%. Uh, usually with animated sequels, they correlate pretty closely. So I wouldn't expect much higher than that. Ken, any thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I, I, I never saw the first one. And like you said, probably the, Rotten Tomatoes score is not going to be quite as high. Yeah, you could probably expect like a five to ten percent drop. Yeah, I would think. So um, you'd be safe ex- like extrapolating similar results uh, for yeah. this one and and bid accordingly. Uh, last movie I wanted to touch on. Um, <laughs> this is not a first rounder, nor it's a second rounder. I don't think it's third or fourth rounder, but New Mutants is finally <laughs> coming out after like long delayed. <laughs> long. Oh wow! Office. I just looked at. Just looked at some of the projections for this movie. Wow. New Mutants? Yeah. Boxoffice.com. What does it say? 37. Total? Total. Total. Yeah. Opening weekend of maybe 17 million. <laughs> 15 to 25 range. Um, would you like to issue a contrarian opinion uh, for, <laughs> for the box office? Uh, 200 million? What do you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I would say when I saw this trailer for the first time, what two two and a half years ago <laughs> before it was shelved indefinitely <laughs> uh i was mildly intrigued right by, by the the concept yeah um obviously i they've probably done some reshoots um i think i remember hearing that but yeah. I, I i don't know how much of this delay had to do with the movie itself or the 20th century studios being sold to uh to disney but it's probably a combination of both. Yeah. So this is, uh, I wouldn't, I honestly, I wouldn't even spend a dollar on this. I just, mm-hmm. I, I just don't think it's worth it. Again, I think you're, you're, the ceiling's pretty much capped at 30. You know, I don't think there's any audience interest in this, even if it's like an 80% movie. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bother, but uh, that's where I stand. I mean, like if you did spend a dollar, okay, but I think there's better candidates out there where you can get better returns. I agree. Okay. So, I did want to also preview. We're going to step away from fantasy box office angle for a second, and we're just talking about our personal interest in this as a way to sort of preview the summer. And we're going to we're going to do something a little bit more. I, I hope we're going to do something a little bit more fuller for the summer. But of these movies we just discussed, if you had to pick one movie, just one of these movies to see, I think I know your answer. But which movie would uh, would you see out of uh, so out of Onward, Quiet Place Two? No Time to Die, Mulan. I'm assuming Trolls and New Mutants don't factor in. Yeah, no. You only get to see one. You only get uh, to see... I, hmm. Yeah, it's probably No Time to Die. Is yeah. that what you thought? Yeah, yeah. That's I, think, I, thought. I think I'd think i do No Time to Die, uh, Quiet Place 2, and then um, Onward, and whatever, Mulan would be fourth. Hmm, interesting. I think Mulan would be my pick for these four. Yeah. I... Um, I think it's a story I'm more, more, most interested in. Again, I'm not a huge Bond uh, movie. I didn't. I haven't even seen Spectre yet. You know, so obviously yeah. that, that hasn't. Um, yeah, so no time to die will probably not make too much sense to me until I go see <laughs> Spectre. Um, Quiet Place Two again. I love the first one. I think the first one should have been uh, gotten a, a nominee for Best Picture. I'm just. This, I think it's a, one of the most unnecessary sequels. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's come out, and we've had a lot of unnecessary sequels. 
So I'm not particularly excited about that. Onward kind of looks interesting, but I think Mulan, to me, I'm really curious. I think this is actually one of the more logical animated movies to translate to live action uh, based on the story. So I, I would be most curious to see how this uh, pans out. And uh, that would be my pick. So we were going to do this exercise a little bit of a different fashion um, for the summer movies where we'll have different buckets of movies and we'll play a little game of which movie will we most want to, if we only could pick one movie out of this group, uh, which one will we mm. want to see? And you can play along with us as well. All right, that wraps up for this week. Again, we'll be back next week to box office preview onward and talk about a uh, recap the draft. If you want to send us an email with a question you'd like to have us ask or answer about any, anything, we, anything we've discussed, including Visible, Invisible Man, uh, fancy box office stuff, or anything else, you can email us at onstagebop at gmail.com. That's onstagebop at gmail.com. Uh, we did answer uh, some of your emails during um, our tweet fest during the Oscars, and, uh, and we'll, answer, we'll answer more during a podcast coming up. You can also tweet us, um, Ken, you're at KenJones81, right? Yes. You can also tweet us at OnStageBop. That's our Twitter handle as well. And you can find me at Greggy333. Oh, speak, you, know, we, you, you mentioned the Oscars. We should probably say what the outcome was for our Oscar picks real quick. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we could talk about it because we tied. We tied. Uh, yeah, we, we had, I think, our first ever tie of, yeah. the, uh, of the Oscar ballot. Um, and the Ken- distant third place was uh, <laughs> one Chris Peterson. Yeah, we only differed in two categories. And um, it was animated, best animated movie, and best picture. And yep. uh, I guess Parasite correctly. I was so happy to be wrong. <laughs> well. That, that, that made my night. Yeah, well. But wrong you were, so I'm uh, happy to have guessed that one correctly. Happy to be, uh, uh, as they called it back in the the Roman Empire, console with you. Yeah, I actually bet on that too. I bet on Parasite at four to one, nice a week or two before the ceremony, and uh, I just thought the odds were good given what kind of um, awards Parasite was winning, you know, at these various other uh, the DAGs and the BAFTAs and stuff. So, uh, so that worked out because. Like none of my Super Bowl or NFL playoff bets worked <laughs> out, so that helped cover those bets. But uh, yeah, so yeah, that, that was exciting. And uh, you can always search our tweets if you want to get another recap of the Oscars. You can search our tweets, and uh, we were we were both very busy about that with our thoughts. And uh, so yeah, uh, leave us a note uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, uh, or on onstagebop at gmail That's onstagebop at gmail All right, let's wrap up for Ken Jones. Uh, for this dining room table. I was going to say, stop dining the table. <laughs> it comes through on the audio. <laughs> for Ken Jones, this is Greg Earhart. We'll see you next week. Adios. Sega!